Welcome to Make It Count, proudly presented by Bendigo Bank, the podcast that's here to help with family finance. I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy, and we are from Two Peas in a Podcast. Join us as we share our real experiences and get helpful tips from experts along the way. As always, this episode contains general information only and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Hello and welcome to another episode of Make It Count. On today's episode, we spoke with Josh Sharp. Josh is a wealth engagement manager at Bendigo Bank, Kate. We love that. Such a smart guy. I know. Imagine being a wealth engagement manager. <laughs> oh, and he was funny. Yeah. I really enjoyed talking to him. As mums, I think one thing we can all agree on is that we want the best for yes. our kids and our families. Yes. But there are so many things to keep track of day to day that thinking about the future can feel really daunting. Yeah, it's enough working out what I'm going to cook for dinner some days, <laughs> what lunches, afternoon teas. Oh. But the best thing about our chat with Josh was that he made it really simple. Mm. And preparing your financial future for your kids is really just about getting started and working out your priorities as a parent. That's something we can all do. I felt confident after him. Yeah, so did I. And yeah. I just thought, oh, he was calm. He gave us some really good pointers. And he was like, life can have unexpected things happen. That's you right. just have to go with them. Yeah. And on this episode, we asked Josh, what about our kids' financial security mm. and what can we be doing as parents to ensure that we can provide them with the best setup for the future? I think about this all the, the time. time. And he also talked to us about managed funds and how you can get your money working for you. And I uh, just want to say, I now know what a managed fund Me is. Me too, <laughs> Kate. I think the best thing about our conversation with him was that he made it really simple, mm. didn't he? Mm. It's about education, doing your research and looking at options like managed funds to make more money off your money. Mm. Who doesn't like the sound of that? My <laughs> money making me more money. Yes, please. You sound like one of those people at a convention. I know. Come, come on, on, make more money. Make your money make money. <laughs> Which actually was something I really didn't understand until I spoke to yes. him. So thank you, Josh. I think it's time to jump into the episode Woo. so everyone can hear from Josh Sharp, Wealth Engagement Manager from Bendigo Bank. Hi there, Josh. We would like to welcome you to Make It Count. How are you? Well, thank you, Kate. Going very well. Whereabouts do you live, Josh? I'm in Bendigo, so regional Victoria. Ah, yes. The home of the bank. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) This is what I want to say. When we saw Josh Sharp, Wealth Engagement Manager, (laughs) how do we get engaged to wealth? How do we do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm still trying, to be honest. (laughs) Anyway, proper question. What do you think we should be thinking about when looking at our kids' financial futures? We have like so many questions. So many. We're like school, private school, uni, health insurance, property. Which is the most important things when we're thinking about our kids' future finances? Yeah, it's a good question because I've got a couple of young kids and I've been thinking similar, I still do. But look, myself, I personally looked at, well, education's a big thing. In an ideal world, Mm. you'd love to be able to give your kids the best education possible. I'm sure most people probably relate Mm. to that or think along those lines. So myself and my wife, we were looking at going, okay, it'd be great to be able to send them to good schools. If they decided to go to university and we could support them with that, that would be fantastic. Might not pan out like that. Who knows? But it'd be great Mm. to be in a position. Yeah, property is an interesting one. We were mm. looking at property prices at the moment and they're skyrocketing. Yeah, oh, so high. And you sit there and we've only been in a property market a couple of years ourselves and, yeah. and we sit there and just go, gosh. How are they going to yeah. do it? Yeah, so if we can give them a, a head start or a bit of a kick start to assist with that when that time comes, great. Yeah, there's so many different things. As you said, health, 
my wife and I, we look at it and we just go, we'd love to just be in a position where we can help them. Don't really yeah. know what that actually looks like yet. But mm, I yeah. guess mm. to your point, education and probably property were the ones that stood out for us. Mm. But, but I'm sure mm. everyone else has different priorities and different goals as well. That's true. We've got mm. lots of listeners in the whole spectrum of life. So, mm. yeah. At what age should we start planning for the financial future of our children? Is it from birth or are we allowed to work out breastfeeding first? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, you're certainly allowed to figure out breastfeeding first. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll let you juggle that one first. <laughs> I don't think you can ever be too early, but importantly, it's never too late to start as well. So yeah. it's certainly something. So my oldest is five and I remember mm. when he was born, I wanted to set something up straight away. But we weren't in a financial position at the time to be able to do what we're doing and we now are. So we, we've been doing yeah. it for a couple of years where initially mm. we're sitting there, we're juggling, okay, one less income, you've got childcare and this is before all the subsidies were in place. So you're sitting there and you just have to get by with what you can, when you can, and then hopefully you get into a position to be able to do something extra. So if you're in a position to be able to do something from the get-go, awesome. But importantly, mm. never think that oh, I've missed a boat here because you can always start. What are some of the first steps someone could take or what we could take in setting up something? Do your research is a first and foremost. Mm. And when I, when I say that, there is a lot of good information on the internet. Where you start is... is <laughs> yeah, can you do it for us? Yeah. <laughs> probably Google. <laughs> but you sit there and you look at, okay, bank interest is so low at the moment and you look at that and historically, years gone by, you probably could have just put it into a savings account and, and received a decent rate of return Yes, mm. and not had to think too much about it, just walk into the local bank and set something up like that. And there's still nothing mm. wrong with that sort of thing, but the return on your money and all your investment isn't going to be overly competitive in the current market. Mm. There are things out there like managed funds, shares, which I'm sure we'll probably touch on a little bit later yeah. as well, but yeah. there are a lot of different investment vehicles out there. But low risk ones, if you don't have a lot of risk tolerance, but also higher risk ones as well. And there's probably no right or wrong. It's just a matter of going, yeah. okay, I'm going to take the time to do a bit of research, do some reading. You'll be able to find something out there that suits you and your circumstances. What if there's a change in our finances, like we lose our job, our partner loses our job, we separate. Mm -hmm. We know that that can affect our kids. Should we have a plan for that, do you think? It's a really good question. I think in an ideal world, yeah, you'd like to. So I guess you don't envisage or necessarily people don't plan for those type of things. But it, no, I guess you need to look at the fact that bad things can happen or less than ideal scenarios can occur. And if you're able to set up some form of buffer in the background that might just assist if well, we look at what happened with COVID last year and, mm, and people mm. losing their jobs or being out of yes. work. And it could have just been if people had a savings buffer behind them. Mm. Even if it was $10,000, $5,000, whatever it is, a couple mm. of thousand, it might have just gone a long way to assist in the short term before they're able yes. to find their feet. Absolutely. It's certainly something to consider, irrespective of what the actual reason or thing that occurred yeah. is. It'd just be great to have some form of savings and a like to fall back on. I know my grandma always used to say, you need to have a runaway account. She's oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, not necessarily from a relationship, but just something's happened and yep. you, you need that money right now. Yeah. She called it her runaway account. Yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. Our grandparents lived through a different time, yes, didn't so they? they know. So they knew that mm. stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Josh, do you think we should start with long term savings accounts? And can you explain to us, the lay people, what are the benefits and the disadvantages? 
Yeah, long-term savings accounts, and I sort of touched on it before in terms of traditional savings accounts via banks. Historically, from a return point of view and interest rate point of view, they used to be pretty competitive within reason for the flexibility that they provided. It's still a good concept, especially around teaching your children around savings habits and the like. I guess a little bit of financial literacy. So from that end, it's not bad. But if you're really wanting to get your money working for you to some extent, keep in front of even inflation, because the rates are so low at the moment, if you're looking at Mm. something long-term and you're willing to look at alternatives, there are a lot of other options out there that can generate higher returns and effectively just make your money work harder for you. Well, at the risk of making you roll your eyes at my financial knowledge, (laughs) what is a managed fund? Are they risky? And how do you choose the level of risk? And also, how on earth do you set one up? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. I didn't know a lot about them until about five or six years ago. So, right. And I was working in a bank before then, so don't you worry. Yeah. <laughs> so what is a managed fund? A managed fund is effectively, if you invest your money into a managed fund, your money is pooled together with other investors' funds. So it's all, all sits right. together. And then you have a professional fund manager, hence the term managed fund, who manages those funds and invest them into different asset classes. When I talk asset classes, it could be things like property, it could be shares, it could be fixed interest being low risk type of assets to basically generate a competitive return for the investors. So that's how a managed fund works at a really high level. In terms of risk appetite and the like, there are low risk managed funds all the way through to high-risk ones. As a general rule, not everyone's going to be completely comfortable with a managed fund, and that's okay. Everyone has different tolerances to risk. But as a general rule, there's normally something that would suit most investors. So some really low-risk versions that stay completely away from the share market, all the way through right. to ones that are heavily weighted towards shares and a higher risk and mm. willing to take on that higher risk. Right. Was there another part of a question there that I might have forgotten, though? <laughs> no, I said, how on earth do you set, set one, one up? up. <laughs> yeah. Normally, there's an online application form. So, okay. uh, yeah, and, it's, and it won't let you proceed to the next step if you've filled it in incorrectly. So, it should oh, be reasonably yeah. <laughs> That's what we need. Step one, step two, step 100. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We hear a lot about shares, yep. but is this a good option? And should we have a financial planner to help us? And what are the advantages and disadvantages of shares? Shares are an interesting beast. Historically, if you look at the Australian share market or the share market in general, long-term, the returns have always been quite competitive and quite strong, long-term. When it comes to shares though, there's higher risk involved in investing in in shares, especially if you're Mm, investing into one particular company. So you sit there and you go, oh, I'm going to dabble in a share market. I'm going to put all my money into a particular company. Now, that's the old saying, putting all your eggs in one basket. If that company, for whatever reason, went belly up or or dropped in value, then you're going to lose a a fair bit of money potentially. But there is, I guess, the potential of higher growth in terms of speaking to a financial planner and getting some form of advice. That's certainly not a bad idea. Like If you're willing to have a chat to someone who can potentially point you in the right direction of how to build a share portfolio or Mm. what things to consider and get some form of guidance, especially if you're completely foreign to it, yeah, absolutely. It'd be worthwhile talking to someone or just making sure you do your research as opposed to effectively jumping straight in. Yes. Good well, advice. Yes. Considering I don't even know how you get a share, I think I'd definitely I think have you to need to go and speak to an advisor. <laughs> <laughs> speak to an advisor. Um, this is a question 
I'm just going to say asking for a friend because obviously, as you can tell, my finance knowledge is very expansive. Yep. But how important do you think being a good financial role model is for your children? I think very. I think it's probably easier said than done, especially if you see a sale online and you, and you go and buy something. Yep. But the way I, I look at it, I think it's really important. I get some funny questions from my kids. Oh, how much is that, Dad? How much do you have in yes. your bank? <laughs> oh, we can afford that. We can buy that. Oh, well, no, it doesn't work like that, mate. We've got to buy groceries and the like. So I think it's easier said than done, but I think it's really important that we give them some form of understanding as to how money works and the importance of not just seeing something and buying it. There are other things that we need to use our money for. They watch us, unfortunately. They really, really do. <laughs> I had one of my kids ask me the other day, if I had $200 a week, how much would I have left over after I, sp- <laughs> I spent my rent? And I was like, none. <laughs> that would just be your rent, mate. Yeah. 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 He was shocked. It's huge, so, isn't yeah, it? I just don't understand the concept of the value of, of the actual, no, oh, you've got that much, let's go buy this. Yeah, that's totally. Right. And the whole- Or the just money get come, it from the bank. Yeah, or just put it into my account. Thanks, yeah, mum. Yeah. Well, yeah, your card. What have you got on your card? Like, yeah. You, yeah, what have you got on your card? Yeah, they don't even see money these days. No. no. That's a whole other topic, isn't yeah. it? Do you think it's a good idea to help your kids buy their first car if you can? Ooh, really good question because I had to buy my first car. I had to yeah, save so up did and- I. And I'm thinking about it. And it goes back to, I guess, to that first question. Like, I'd love to be able to support my kids, but I don't want to give everything to them. So I don't know. I wouldn't go and buy them a lavish car, maybe an old bush bomb or something like that. <laughs> yeah, they need a Corolla like me. Yeah, I had a Corolla. Yeah. <laughs> but I had to save or take out a personal loan once I started working. Yeah. I think my opinion on that is I think it's really good that they have an understanding and a concept of financial responsibility that yes. they have to take out a loan, they have to repay it. and. Mm. If I'm in a position to be able to buy them a car, as I said, it might just be one to help them and it'd only be a really cheap one. I wouldn't be going out. And again, I had to pay for my insurances and everything like that when I started off. And I like that. I think that that taught me a lot as an 18-year-old when I yes. do that. Yeah. Oh, you realise how expensive everything is. Well, my daughter who just got her first part-time job, she's like, $11 an hour? And then she's like, that's nothing! (laughs) (laughs) I would have loved that when I started. I know. I had $4 an hour when I started work. You know, this is like, we get Uber Eats, you know, and like it's really real for them. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Josh. Is there anything we've missed that you would love to tell the world on your episode? Probably alluding or elaborating a little bit more on that managed fund piece. And even with shares is that some of the benefits of these, of being able to invest into these, I guess when you compare it to investment property, and investment property is proven to be a strong performer in a a lot of areas historically as well, but shares or managed funds, in most cases, you can access them for $500. There are managed funds out there that you might need 50000 to invest into. But for some of the Bendigo Bank products that we have, there are managed funds from conservative all the way through to growth, that only require $500 to invest into. Ah, right. Yeah. So I look at that and, again, thinking back to when I was younger, would have loved to have known something like that when I was an 18-year-old yes. kid starting out mm, in a workforce mm. and, and setting up some form of savings plan. And you don't have to worry about rates. You don't have to find tenants. There's no repairs or maintenance and little things like that as well. So it's sort of you're investing it and you're investing it in an amount that you're comfortable with with money that mm. you can set aside and, and it's not yeah. sitting there having to worry about what's going to pop up from owning yeah. to owning something like a property. So 
again, there's nothing wrong necessarily with investing in property. You just obviously need a bit more money to do so, take out a loan to do so, whereas starting some form of savings plan might get you to a point where you've saved enough if you want to jump into some form of property or something along those lines. Yeah, and it's a, it's a good entry point. It really is. And I didn't know that you could do it for $500. You sort of see the ads on TV and they're people in suits. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> they're not in their tracksuit pants. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And managed funds are really, it's what we invest in within our super. So when we're investing into mm, our super, yep. majority of money is within managed funds. Same sort right. of concept, except these are outside of, and you can access these for as little as $500, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's really good. We want to say thank you so much, Josh, for coming on to Make It Count and chat to Mandy and myself. You were awesome. Yeah, and we learned a lot today, so thank you. My pleasure, Kate and Mandy. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Okay, talking to Josh was great, wasn't it? It really was. I really enjoyed it. I know as parents we worry so much about the day-to-day and, you know, we sometimes miss the bigger picture around financial planning for our kids' futures. I miss it every day. I know. I'm thinking, should I buy them the expensive runners or the cheaper runners? Which one am I going to get better value at? Meanwhile, they're going to need a car soon. Yeah, (laughs) those things. It is also really great to know there are simple things we can start as soon as today. You don't have to keep putting it off like starting my diet on Monday. That will help set up our kids' futures. And you know what, Mandy? I actually feel more confident about that. Me too. Actually learning about managed funds. Yeah. It was so interesting to me because I thought you needed like a million dollars. Yeah. And the fact that I could actually save $500. Yes, and just start one. Yes, and I could maybe start one for each of the boys. And then they could watch it grow. I am actually really motivated to do it. Yeah. like, and I honestly did not know what one was before I spoke to Josh today. Yeah. So I think it's actually, I don't want to sound too dramatic, but it's changed my life knowing that you don't have to have loads of money to be able to go in and talk to the people in the bank about investing. Like that's pretty powerful. Yeah, it definitely is. And I think just, you know, we talked about he was just like an everyday dad. I just want the best for my kids. So whether that's buying them a car, whether that's giving them money when they turn 18, that that can be your own family's choice. Mm. Or paying for school fees. Or paying for school fees. That's right. That's something we might like to do. And we don't know if we can afford it. And I thought for me, that's actually really powerful because when I see people who seem to have their financial act together, I feel like they've always known how to do it. But he's like, let's just do baby steps now and see how it pans out. And I found that really, really powerful. It was refreshing, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasn't really like, was. well, you've already stuffed it up. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> your kids are doomed. Yeah. No, no you was, can start now. Yeah, it was really good. And I actually did tell my older children, I was like, maybe you should, you know, go take $500 into the bank yeah. and start a managed fund. And they were like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so- mum. <laughs> where has this come from? <laughs> And also, could you put a load of washing on because yeah. I'm really sick of doing it. Yes. <laughs> Make sure you tune in next week because we're going to talk about all the things you need to be prepared for when it comes to the unexpected, yes. which I think we can all relate to. And we're going to chat to Julia from Money Magazine. Should be a big one, everyone. See you then. Thanks for listening to Make It Count. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe for future episodes. Leave a review letting us know what you enjoyed most. This also helps others find the podcast. This podcast is proudly produced by Bendigo Bank. As always, this episode contains general information only and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situations or needs.